listening to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 93. Unbelievable. I I don't trust am... you. That's <laughs> not right. No. Nor should you. Why why would you trust me? After all, so I've like 93 hours plus of of reliable connection. <laughs> oh my gosh. And on top of just the hours of recording, hours upon hours of chatting before, yes. after, and planning. Yes. Friend hangouts. Our so what did I we do? Yeah. What did I do that had you lose your trust? Uh, you looked at me weird. Um, or you <laughs> yeah. did something that reminded me of a previous podcast host yeah. <laughs> partner. Wink, you, wink. Yeah. You just... Yep. You podcasted with somebody else. Uh, there's me yep. projecting because I have two others. So perfect. This mm-hmm. is this is right on theme for today. <laughs> the person who actually does other podcasts. Yeah, regularly. So I'm the cheater. <laughs> yes. Well then, Talia, I think you need to come have a sit down with me. And we need to talk a little bit about how we can get back on track together. All right. How to I, guess, some of this. I guess today's episode is about yes. how it is. It's about trust and how to repair and reconnect and kind of foster trust in your relationship. So you know me with the dictionary definitions. I can lay Mm -hmm. that on us whenever we're ready, but I wanted to- Lay it down. Let's get into repairing trust. What the hell are we talking about? All right, so trust is defined as a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So in this case, it would be your relationship partner and the relationship. Uh, and I would say if I wanted to add a little bit more to that, have having faith or confidence and placing reliance on and committing, commit someone or something to the safekeeping of. So you make an agreement essentially to hold that person or that thing safe and close to you. So based on that definition of trust, many, many individuals would like to have trust in a relationship. I think that is one of the core needs, not that goes without saying, often it does, but I think it ought to be highlighted, I would say. When we are working on building trust, it often happens with a natural unfolding for many reasons. The first couple that I can think of is you don't quite know that person yet. And in the beginning, you are hopefully, (laughs) showing your best version of yourself. Ideally, it's your most authentic version that remains congruent and consistent. Of course, you'll disclose like things about your past or life experiences as you build trust and get to know a person. Most anybody you date from the beginning started out as a stranger, so I wouldn't recommend rushing through trying to build trust. Does this person say what they're going to do? Do they honor their agreements? Those are at least two factors to look for. Is this a trustworthy person? Do they keep their word to me, to themselves? to other people, have other people in their life reported them to be reliable and that I can have confidence in them according to this definition. That's where I would want to start with what is trust and how to define it. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, the only thing I would add to it is specifically from my EFT style lens as a therapist is that we like to talk about the EFT world as, um, can I count on you? Will you be there for me? Perfect. And not just 
physically or like for you know chores but uh emotionally Mm -hmm. are you there for me can i count on you to be there for me yeah Uh, great so that's just to add to that piece how long repairing it oh Oh, i was gonna say how long do you think it takes to build trust because that was one of the questions that i've been asked recently oh interesting Uh, that's so different for every person especially like you just described like how they're probably hearing this and being like that's not the answer i want i know a timeline (laughs) well the thing is like it's you know it's there are all those there are all those factors you just described in defining trust of how it's built but some person can meet another person and they and they come into that meeting with i'm going to inherently trust someone unless they give me something else to do so they showed up they're here that's already a commitment yeah. of of trust building for right. that individual so they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to trust you and give you the benefit of the doubt until you rupture it versus other people will go in with, no, you're doing the bare basics. You showed up. Cool. That's one data point of trust. Yeah. Now I need to, you know, over time see that when I text you, you text me back that when we make plans, you follow through with them that when I share something vulnerable with you, you hold me respect me and maybe even reciprocate with some vulnerability back like those build up then you might cross the threshold of oh okay i trust this person it's Mm -hmm. it's not really universal per person and also it's it's not a a simple there is like in a sense a line that gets crossed where you go okay i now trust this person in, in relationship but it's not a defined clear line um, it can be like, well, I trust them in this way, but not in this way. Like, think really early on in a relationship. and like, well, I trust them to have a good time and a good conversation with me. But I don't know if I yeah. trust them to hold my deepest pains and secrets. Or I trust them uh, <clears throat> enough to where I'm down to, like, make out with them. But I don't trust them with my full body yet. You know, everyone's different mm-hmm. in how that goes. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a firm line. So sorry, yeah. listener question. How long does it take to trust? It's so unique, I think. I also differentiate between trust and benefit of the doubt. So this might Uh be a more friend opinion. I don't think that they go hand in hand and Uh whoever wants to fight me on this, you're more than welcome to. It's been a week, so I'm gonna throw hands verbally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trust versus or compared to benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is thinking the positive or the good of somebody instead of the bad when you have the choice to do either. So- instead of only being in doubt or a place of mistrust in this case, you would be like, well, I don't really know. They haven't done anything yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lend them some credibility and hopefully it works out the same way. And then if they follow through on that and the benefit of the doubt was truly a benefit that can slowly lead to trust. So they are kind of like cousins, mm-hmm. but when you don't know somebody and they are a stranger and you add in what we've talked about before, that developmental stage of trust versus mistrust, those beliefs, the core beliefs from the previous episode of how do you view the world? Uh-huh. What are your schemas of the world? You, It's difficult to give someone the benefit of the doubt when you are generally, you have been shown that people are, aren't uh, trustworthy or they can't be trusted, whether that's from your own life experience or messages that you've received. So giving somebody the benefit of the doubt can be difficult. And I want to highlight that yes it can go with building trust but it's often more uh, it's often safer for other people to be like "Mm, 
I'm going to be a little reserved. I'm going to give you the doubt and then I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And then I will trust you rather than going in with this blind faith of like, they're the most amazing thing. And I have every confidence in them that they'll never betray me. That's more pie in the sky eyed thinking. And I don't think that's going to be helpful when inevitably we all, I let myself down. I'm sure you've let yourself down. It happens. So you don't want to bank on, they are trustworthy because, or only because every time I've given them the benefit of the doubt, they've given me something to, you know, work off of. But I would say be a little bit more, um, and this is just me, you know, being a little more pessimistic, be very mindful and not so quick to just be like, oh, well, I trust them. And then I trust them until they're not trustworthy rather than like, I'm going to have them build and show me that they are trustworthy. You can start from either way. I mean, I would agree in that I don't recommend that extreme of benefit of the doubt equals trust. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there are plenty of people who are closer to that equivalency. Um, so I, I think that's just important yeah. to acknowledge. No, uh, I like, the, other, so yeah, I'm with I like you. the perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, you know, that's almost like a childlike version of trust, you know, yeah. very young. Blind like, faith. Oh, you're an adult, so I trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something like pie in the sky, but also lovely about it. But of course, that is dangerous and has its its risk and pitfalls. So yes. yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be in that space where I'd recommend recommend that. I yeah. do think it's important to balance in, in the ben, um, benefit of the doubt with trust and yes. pay attention to that. And that's one of the things and why like to that initial like kind of like curiosity from i think you said a listener um yeah. or from someone, someone um, on maybe instagram, on instagram. Yeah. got it there you go uh we have to develop our intune our own internal tuners yeah and that's really tricky uh because they get developed pretty early in life based on our early relationships and experiences mm-hmm. and then they shift as we have more experiences often um negative experiences and we have to like really pay attention to like, hey, what is my internal meter of trust? Like, how does it gauge things? And and that's hard, which is why I don't think it's a one size fits all. I know we're kind of down a rabbit hole here and not quite. No, but it's, this quite is the important going. part of like so trust, how to build it. What is it like? These, those, what we just talked about covers yeah. it really, really thoroughly. And it's maybe not a matter of how chronologically long you've known the person, I would say it's more a matter of the math of the frequency in which you're interacting with them. Like how many interactions have you had and how many times, not that you're, no, don't literally tally it. That would be a whole other topic. But if they say they're going to do something, do they follow through on it? Okay. If they tell you they're going to be there for you, do they follow through to your point with the EFT definition? Okay. Does that feel congruent? And more often than not, with like an 80 to 90% success rate, barring life happening, and they're trying to their very best to uphold that trust that you can have faith in me, do you see that happening? So I would say weighing the scales, classic Libra here, uh, <laughs> weighing the scales, does it does the amount of times that they have given you reason to trust them outweigh maybe one or two times where you're like, you didn't follow through on your word, I didn't love that, but you had a valid reason and you told me it as soon as you could. Okay, I can still trust you. Yeah. That's that's what I would add, or that last thing I would add to the first part of this. Yeah, and that's so that's trust development in general, yes. and like yeah. in a nutshell, and about yeah. how we would like look at that. 
Um, yeah. But for today's episode, we also want to talk about, so that's happened. I like that yeah. scale thing that you're yes. talking about. 80, 90, maybe a couple times, something's happened. But you're at some point in your relationship yeah. and yeah. you're thinking, okay, I trust this person, but then something happens that ruptures it. And mm-hmm. I, for me, I don't, for this episode, I don't think it's useful to go into those different styles. I do want to acknowledge that this could be anything from major trust, like attachment injury repair rupture, i.e. infidelity, all the way to, you were just mentioning, oh, we were just starting to date and uh, you canceled on me last minute for our, our, our date. Mm-hmm, and maybe that mm-hmm. had like, you know, a bit of a sting and a, and a, well, wait, I can't count on this person kind of trust rupture there. So yes. um, I'm hoping, I mean, we'll, 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 quant- we'll qualify yeah. different techniques based on the severity of the rupture, Yeah. but I'm hoping we can kind of look at this as a, no matter how much trust rupture there is or how depth of trust there was or where you're at in the relationship, what are just some really good ways to look at or think about repairing trust mm-hmm. where something bad went down you're doubting trust now between you and your partner. And how do you repair that? How do you like realistically go about trying to regrow that bridge of trust between you and your partner? So when there's like one acronym from, I don't really use Gottman anymore as much, I would say, but there's one acronym that I remember that when we're working on repairing trust that we use an acronym is attune. So you want to bring awareness to the situation and listen to what your partner is bringing up. Like both of you have to be aware of what it was. Otherwise you're going to be fighting, almost trying to convince your partner to see it from your side. So you have to be aware, turn toward them. So be present with them and match their bid for connection when they're trying to discuss this with you. Be tolerant of the other person, which means to interact with and still have respect for. Uh, Be understanding of them give a non-defensive response and then be able to empathize with them. So that when we're talking about the actual conversation, that acronym would be what I would recommend just keeping that in mind, which is generally how to approach people in life anyway, especially when we're coming at it from a repair, a, a trust repair or rebuilding of trust. This helps, especially when you remind yourself, hopefully this is true, more often than not, they have given me reason to trust them. We have gotten through all of our hard days. I feel safe tuning to them. I feel safe being vulnerable, leaning into this, and also have done the work on myself to know how much of this is my stuff from my previous experiences that I might be projecting, and how much of this is truly about whatever this rupture incident was, and how can I stay focused on that as much as possible. So not only would I want your response to be non-defensive, that means I also have to hold myself to the same attunement standard and not be um, defensive or coming out the gate of like, well, before you say anything, you already know I'm going to be upset. Blah, blah. Like, I don't want to be defensive while trying to defend myself. I want to be vulnerable. And that can feel unsafe if we have had a rupture and we can't view our partner with that full amount of trust because they do look different. Yeah. Well, when you mentioned that part about like, going into this and remembering, hey, this is safe, I can do this. I actually think this tool is most useful when, as you just said, that it can feel unsafe after Uh a trust rupture. Mm -hmm. And I think the nice part of this acronym is to remember, okay, this is what a safe conversation looks like. Yes. So 
I don't feel safe with this partner who I uh, don't trust as much or at all anymore, but I can still do these things. Mm -hmm. I can still use this acronym to attune. And the, the great thing about that tool is that then you're setting yourself and your partner up for a productive conversation. Yes. And that productive conversation is the first stepping stone to repairing trust. If you yes. think that, yes, repair, like if you think of trust as this, you know, amazing, strong, like bridge, think like a Golden Gate Bridge. It's, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. It's amazing. It's a wonder. But then boom, the trust gets broken. The bridge is damaged and apart. You still got to get across the water. So when we're repairing trust, we're starting with maybe these just like baby stone steps, do one step across yeah. the water. And then the next, and then the next, and then you realize, oh, wait, now that I'm out here, I can put the pole back up for the first leg of the bridge, you know, da da da, until Mm -hmm. finally you're back to Golden Gate status. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, all of that, I'm like putting the analogy with the acronym now that that ability to remember to quote unquote attune with those different facets in a conversation, that is giving you strength to work towards a safe conversation when it doesn't feel safe. Yes. And by doing so, if you have a safe conversation, you're more likely to have a productive and connecting conversation. Doesn't mean resolve it, but it's like productive. Sure. And you feel at the end, maybe at least respectful or understood or vice versa with your mm-hmm. partner. Boom, you've gotten your first trust building step. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I'm thinking about but with repairing trust in this conversation and with my couples is, how do you just get one step there? Don't rush yeah. to wait a second. I get back to get across yeah. the water. We're not up on the bridge anymore. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Sorry, that went down. The earthquake happened. It, it crashed down. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're rebuilding it, and you got to take mm-hmm. it a step at a time. But every single step, every single block is a win because you're working on the repair. And I want to really highlight: it takes time, and mm-hmm. depending on the type of trust rupture. If uh, your actions are what caused the rupture, let's say, you you don't get to put a timeline on it and you don't get to be frustrated when your partner's still bringing things up in a few months because that is their way of processing. You can absolutely put some parameters on how it's brought up for sure. Like, please don't yell. Um, I can hear you best if uh, obviously it's okay to cry, but if you're sobbing hysterically, I can't comfort you like like there's a parameters you can put on how things get brought up, but I would highly recommend after that first conversation, that first step, when your partner, don't be surprised, depending on the rupture, wants to talk about it more, process it more, needs reassurance as part of a rebuilding of trust. That's what I work on with my couples. You would do yourself a very good service and your partnership a very good service if the goal of the rupture is to like indeed repair and continue the relationship to be patient and understand in that moment, it doesn't feel like for your partner that you've had the conversation before. Like to try and just adopt the mindset of like, let me go back to how empathetic I was the first time they ever brought it up. (sighs) Ground yourself, be that steady force for them to be vulnerable against. And then being able to ask them or tell, like, let them know I hear you if you do. Is there anything I can do to support you? what could I do for you in this moment to uh, help you to feel reassured? Is there something I am doing that I 
should stop doing? Is there something I'm not doing that I should start doing to help you feel like it is safe to trust me again? And I want to give a very big caveat. I don't want to go on a tangent on this, but a very big caveat. This is not what I would recommend if this is like somebody who's pathologically lied, has a very severe uh, concerning like criminal behavior, personality disorder, psychological manipulation. That's, that is not the episode that we're talking about today. That would not be safe to repair, I would say. But this is like your partner's like, I messed up. I get it. Please stop bagging on me about it. I don't want to feel the shame every single day that comes with it. I already, like, without saying it, I can tell you I feel it. Please, I'm happy to rebuild trust with you. Please bring it up in this way. And a lot of it is time. Not uh-huh. just waiting. It's not like we start the clock and don't talk for six months. And at six months, we wake up and we're like, oh, all better. It's really more about what are you actively doing to rebuild trust? And if I give you my word, can you count on me? That has to amplify. You have to be on your absolute best behavior during that very soon after rupture repair time because your partner is seeing everything you do. I can promise you this. I've been through it myself and categorizing it as not safe, safe, not safe, safe. You're an idiot. I can trust you. You're an idiot. I can trust you. Like I can't follow through with you. I can't like, they're going to bucket your behavior. So be very mindful of being on your ideal best behavior, even more so than you already usually are. Yeah. Good, good context heads up about, we are talking about a relationship where both partners are interested in repairing. There is genuine um, willingness for both partners where they want to both repair trust. And then also to like, um, a little bit reiterate, but just make sure it's super clear to listeners about these great ideas you're throwing out there. It's because it's super common that a trust rupture happens. Maybe it's one partner's fault. Like think infidelity. That's an easy one where one person steps out of the relationship right? Um, and then comes back and, you know, wants to repair is genuinely sorry. And for months, they're like, we're working on it. We're sorry. And then still like a year later, the mm-hmm. you know the betrayed partner gets mm-hmm. really upset or scared and mm-hmm. then the person who had the affair is like what the hell like i thought i thought we did this that's why you're talking about this yes. and giving some good tips to that person mm-hmm. about how to approach that it's because it's really common to like yeah. get to that place where the person who is still struggling with trust can have these flare-ups and can hit those fears and those insecurities mm-hmm. And then the person who is like been working really hard to repair the trust, but also feels like, hey, I thought we covered this ground already, can get pretty frustrated. And actually replying with frustration might actually kind of like damage some of the the trust you've already rebuilt. It can actually damage that that bridge you've already started collaborating on. Um, And so that's why I just want to like highlight that what you're talking about, Talia, is because it's a really common thing. So don't fall into that trap. Use Talia's tips and tricks about how to, well, oh, it's still there. That makes sense. It's Give it that fresh time, in the moment. if you've been working on it. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that's, um, I'm very glad at some point along my life, I will just leave it very general that I heard that advice from a trusted source mm-hmm. who I respect and admire. And I'm very appreciative that that person said something and gave that feedback because it is true and it doesn't feel like it's in the past in those moments you moved a certain way you checked your phone a certain way you did something a certain way as my partner that brought me the past right back in front focus it's not the past for me in that moment it is right here right now you just did the thing the checking behavior whatever else and i really work with my couples on take the deep breath 
and lean in and share with your partner as calm as you can. And usually the calm, the calmer the voice, the more intense it is. And the person's like, oh shit, I really want to listen to that. I am having a moment. I don't want to, I don't, I'm not trying to cause a fight. I'm having a moment. What I just experienced or what you just did or what I just saw brought me right back to the incident. Pick a name for it, whatever. I need you. I, I need reassurance. I need to know that's not what you're up to because you used to do X, Y, Z. And same, similar with uh, repairing for substance use. I'm working with a lot more substance use uh, clients now, families and, and couples. And how to repair trust is very, very uh, required, obviously, for that healing. If you used to do a certain behavior or you used to uh, go to a certain place or uh, call a certain friend when you were going to go use, if I see those behaviors and I know you're not using, you're sober 10 years but I know that that's what's happening. My body's going to go back to, are they going to do cocaine again? Are they going to go drink again? Are they get, so instead of letting your brain run wild, check yourself. This is the other tip I would recommend. Check yourself on what's the story you're telling yourself and stop it in its tracks and share with your partner. Hey, when I hear you call so-and-so or go plan for this, the story I'm telling myself is that the untrustworthiness is going to enter back into our relationship. I, I know up here it's not true, but in here, I'm freaking out. Can I please have reassurance? There's no shame in asking for reassurance and to clarify with your partner what you think you're seeing uh-huh. or what you are seeing and you are making meaning of. I should say it that way. If you have a visual hallucination, please <laughs> contact a mental health professional. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, present attunement is such a big thing that I work with my couples with. Um, yes. And that is so that couples don't get stuck on wait, you're talking about that thing that happened a year ago and then you get couples can get back into their, their stuck cycles of communication by doing that. Mm -hmm. And instead remembering, wait, present attunement in this moment, my trust fears are coming up right now. And that's where I talk with couples. I use like the alarm bell analogy of, Mm. all right. So after the golden gate bridge fell down, we installed an alarm system. So yep. that the next time that would happen and maybe cause the bridge to go down, boom, the alarm can go on and we can make sure it doesn't happen again. Yep. Cool. We like the alarm system. It keeps us yes. safe. But we got to remember that that's what it is and what's going on. And so alarm system is like in the present moment, uh-oh, you looking at your phone in this moment that brought me back to a year yes. ago. Yes. Of what I learned later was um, something that really caused a big trust breach. Yeah. And I'm not harping on a year ago, you look at the phone. I'm saying right now. In this moment. Hey, that, tr- that alarm system just went whoop. It's on. Woo, 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 woo. Mm-hmm. I'm really struggling right now here, my partner. Yeah. So first thing that I'm kind of repeating, but just a different way that you said it is like first tip and trick for me is come from a present attunement standpoint you gave great examples Talia, of how to say that hey in this moment i'm really struggling that 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 I'm, i have those fears came up right now i saw you look at your phone and mm-hmm, oh I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm this is hard can you reassure me right now that we're okay right or from the other end t- present attunement going oh I, I see that that's upsetting for you looked at my phone hey i'm here with you what do you need to know what do you want to see i got you you matter to me 
I'll answer anything present yes. in the present, not a, no, I didn't do that. Or that happened in the past. Well, I was like, no, right here. Stop I got blaming you. me. Yeah. Everyone set aside the, the future mm-hmm. and the past. Just go mm-hmm. like, wait, 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 in this moment, the alarm's yes. on. What do you need now? What reassurance can I give you in this moment? Mm-hmm. So that's the first like trick or not mm-hmm. trick, tip and trick mm-hmm. um, for there of present attunement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also in that place, I'll, I'll just do a second one. But I think also in that place, it's remembering that repairing trust is in those moments of present attunement. Yeah. That that is just like I was saying earlier, where attune, um, the Gottman acronym mm-hmm, attune, mm-hmm. allows you to have a productive conversation. If you stay presently attuned, then boom, you can have Ryan's trick number two, which is an actual trust building moment. Yep. I'm here. This is difficult. Can we reassure? Yes. Let's work and mm-hmm. feel good and let the present experience of, oh, wait a second. Wash My partner looked at the phone, but they're here with me. Yeah. That feels so good that they're here and they are paying attention to me. They're listening to me. They're there. Mm-hmm. Letting that go in. It's easier to just say like, cool, have these conversations and it quote unquote builds trust, but it takes both partners allowing that emotional wave to wash over them to feel it inside which is what will actually allow that alarm system to get turned off. Mm-hmm. So that's how those kind of go hand in hand, present attunement into having a connecting conversation. Mm-hmm. That is a huge step of repair for mm-hmm. trust. And part of present attunement is if you are the one who did the behavior that ruptured the trust, have <laughs> what lets us know is the partner who received that behavior. And if we're willing to work through it with you, Another demonstration of ongoing awareness is that you catch yourself when you do something similar and that we don't have to be the only ones saying it. How do you not see how similar this is and the defensiveness of this? And I'm not mocking to be rude. It's just the voice that I use with my couples when I try and demonstrate a conflict when they're like, what are you? I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not the same thing at all. It is the same thing. It's the exact same effing thing. And if you don't see it that way, now we're in a fight. So instead of it turning into a conflict, If you know, let's say like going out to the code previously for going out to do whatever the thing was, was I'm going to go pick up milk at the store (laughs) and you never came back with milk and you came back wasted or I had to pick you up or whatever else, or you smelled like a perfume, any of those things. We're not getting into that in this episode. When you go to do that, and we have had, especially in couples therapy, explicit things of, I need reassurance when you use those previous phrases. What lets me know as the receiving partner, I'm going out for milk. It is actually milk this time. I'm aware that I used to say it like that. I want to assure you that that is not what is happening. Do you need anything else from me? That goes such a long way in the attunement and staying in the present moment because it lets me know you heard me not only in this moment, you heard me in the previous moments too. And you remembered it, which helps especially women to feel like we matter and you care about us when you remember details about our life and our relationship. And then you're doing something about it. Uh it's much much safer and better for the relationship rather than it being like oh and the defense well here we go again when are you going to get over this is something you should never say along the path to repairing trust going to be very very bad when it comes to the overall health of your relationship if that's what your response is is like oh here we go again you did the thing. I'm sorry. You don't get to be upset that I'm bringing it up when you're the one who betrayed the trust. <laughs> well, I'm going to get a little, 
a little counter against me. that idea. Counter me. Because um, I just, I get where that comes from, where it's like, again, after time, it's like, hey, what's going on? Because that's a different type of trust breach, where it's like, hey, I've been working mm-hmm. so hard sure. to repair. Sure. And then this happens, and then my partner's alarm system goes off again. Right. I agree. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the, what the hell, like what's going on? Um, you, you know, we all you can feel it. You can absolutely feel it. Don't say it. But I just want to honor that. That's in, that's where, like, with the really big ruptures, um, one trust breach can turn into another one down yep. the road while you're still repairing. Yes. So yes, I just yes. want to honor that. That it's like, oh my gosh, I'm I really am just going to get milk, and now you're quote unquote flipping out again. Well, if you let that frustration out, mm, that's not going to really be useful. But it's still important to attune to. Okay, yes. but there's another trust dynamic going on the other direction now. Yes. Okay. But how do you, instead of being frustrated, shift into how do we keep building the next Golden Gate Bridge? And I yes. like what you're saying because it, it's an example of trust building behavior. Yes. So with the milk yes. example, so I'm going to get milk. I know in the past that was a thing. So you're taking proactive initiative. And that's one of the big camps of repairing trust is the trust building behaviors yeah words and behaviors and they have to match because congruency as human beings and behavioral conditioning builds trust same with training a dog you have a dog you know this if you're trying to (laughs) train her with treats or a clicker or whatever else if you want her to shake every time you say shake look at how much you had to build in behaviorally before that yeah good girl here's a treat here's the this consistency and congruency that is the key behaviors whatever the behavior is it must be consistent and congruent in the direction of repair intermittent inconsistent or intermittent reinforcement in a positive direction is the strongest addictive schedule and it's also going to be the antithesis of repairing trust because i will share this and i just want to work on couples too you have to hit it almost 100% of the time when you're working on those behaviors and those words, especially in the beginning, before you can, quote unquote, slack off a little bit. And I'm not advocating for like, let me just fake it for six months and then go back to my previous self. That's not what I'm saying. This is a time period of heightened awareness, heightened attunement, and really thoroughly prioritizing the relationship. That is what I'm like encouraging my couples and whoever is listening to this and thinking about that repair, the request is not, well, I'm going to parent you and you need to be on your best behavior. And I want you to feel scrutinized. You're allowed to feel frustrated by my frustration. You can have whatever emotional response you want to me feeling concerned about the milk incident, let's say, and how we both go about verbalizing the emotion that's being evoked makes all the difference. Uh Absolutely. Um, Just where we hit, congruency of words of actions for trust building behavior yes. and doing that consistently yes. that's gonna yes. be like probably like i would say i don't know 75 percent of repairing mm-hmm. trust is once that's hashed out but a really important 25 percent is these those other things i was talking about we were talking about yeah that is trust building reassurance because mm-hmm. that's just a type of behavior but it has a more emotional component to it so i like to kind of separate the two there's those behaviors congruency consistency But then also when there is maybe a flub up of, oops, I went to get the milk. I forgot to like do the thing we agreed I was going to do. That sucks. Do it Uh as soon as you can after. Just like a birth control pill. Take it as soon as you remember. (laughs) As soon as you remember. (laughs) And when you're rebuilding the Golden Gate Bridge, you're going to drop a bolt or two into the water. You're human. Yes. Yes. But then 
don't let that derail the great work you've done, both of you. Don't let that alarm system then go out of whack and realize, oh no, they did it again. It's like, be gracious, go, yep, I'm really scared. But that's where trust building reassurance comes in, like we said before, of sit, attune, talk. And in a sense, that's going to be the antidote. And like I said earlier, it's going to help turn the alarm bell off. Of, mm-hmm. Okay, if the, be- if the trust building behavior didn't work out, uh-oh, drop that bolt, something fell through. Then instead, um, in this moment, I'm really, really upset, alarms on. Let me yeah. turn and go back to those questions I said at the very beginning. Are you there for me? Can I count on you to be there for me? And mm-hmm. let that in as best you can, which takes a lot of, that's another, again, it's trust building. It's hard to do. You've got to develop that as a couple together. But that's one way to do a mini repair within the larger scheme of repairing trust. Mm-hmm. Can't, I hope I'm making that clear, but the two yeah. like important camps, trust building behaviors and trust building reassurances mm-hmm. when these trust fears are on the table um, between people in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, what you just shared brought up a point that I wanted to uh, make sure that I, at least I touched on. Mm-hmm. If you are, and this, is ep- this episode is designed for people who are, willing to all the way to very committed to repairing that trust there um with the couples i work with on this whether they're um more smaller day-to-day i'm not minimizing when i say smaller but comparatively smaller ruptures rather than like infidelity secret family on the other side of town etc etc the the incongruency of you didn't follow through on your word all the way to like the big betrayals they can feel the same you both would uh be in better positions to do all that we've just described. Uh, we'll do a little memento. <laughs> this thing backwards first. You can go back and listen to the rest of the episode after this. Again, making the agreement that you're willing to try to see them in a positive light and not get stuck in negative sentiment override, which we have another episode on, which is where you're only seeing things through shit colored glasses. You're seeking out the negatives. You're only seeing the incongruencies and you're choosing consciously or subconsciously to ignore when they are being this new person or their consistent self again, that is designed. Your nervous system is trying to keep you safe and it's designing your world and the way you're viewing it to be like, we don't want to get hurt again. So we're going to be on high alert for that. So when it comes to you repairing and rebuilding the trust, both of you have to make the agreement to not solely S O L E L Y adopt the mindset of, this person is out to get me. This person is going to hurt me again. They might. I'm not, I'm, 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 you, we as couples therapists can make no promises. We have no crystal balls or we're not soothsayers of like, oh yes. And in seven and a half years, they're going to be doing this. As long as you can get through that, then you can stay together. You need to make the agreement to not bash your partner, rehash the past and refuse to move on from it. Because if mentally your partner's like, I'm all in, I want to repair with you. I'm attuning to you. Here's all the reassurance you need. Like I am in it. And, and the other partner is sitting there and like, but what if you do it again? And you never move out of that mindset, which I have empathy for. And I also know that's not going to work if one partner is stagnating one place and another partner is trying to grow in that same place. So make the agreement. I'm not going to be a forensic accountant. I'm not going to be going through your phone. I'm not going to be this. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to trust you. And you can set the boundary. Please know if it happens again, we are done. Uh-huh. Or please know if it happens again, we like you can set parameters on this as well to help make yourself feel safe rather than just staying in the past. Yeah. And this makes me think about how trust is a choice. It's a mm-hmm. risky choice. Yes. 
and yes. the amount of trust you choose yes. is based on what we're talking about is the willingness of both partners. It is based on are there trust building behaviors, trust building reassurances, the ways the way we approach these conversations with attunement. So it's all about no matter what, you're gonna have to make a choice to trust. Yes. We're I think this conversation is hopefully giving people things to look at to go, okay, how much do I trust? What level of choice? Am I putting that stepping stone one foot into the water and taking a you know, cautious but firm step and choosing that? Or am I going to lob it as far as I can into the water and jump and then, of yeah. course, fall smash into the water <laughs> and like just like not actually be rebuilding the trust? Yeah. So it, just acknowledging the dynamic that like especially after a trust breach, when you're repairing it's going to take a choice to choose to trust your partner again, but how much? Right. And if you're in collaboration and discussion with your partner who's willing, then you two can kind of t- walk through this of, okay, we're going to trust this much right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to trust me to get the milk and, and you to acknowledge that I got the milk. And then afterwards, maybe we'll start getting to a place where we're going to choose to trust that when you go get the milk and you reassure me, you're the one getting it. And right. we're in a good space. I didn't yes. say it super cleanly on the on the milk example, but the point is like you can do a very slow together place, just knowing every step of the way you're gonna have to make the choice. Like, yep, I'm choosing to trust. Okay, next step further. Okay, here we go. Next one up. And oop, yeah. that was that didn't feel good. Alarm bell, blah blah right. blah. Right. Let's have a trust building reassurance moment. Cool. All right. Now we're going to choose again. So um, mm-hmm. I'm honoring the dynamic that it's risky to trust after a rupture. Risky to trust before a rupture too. Yeah, just just (laughs) trust trust. is a risk. It's an inherent risk. You don't know. It's 50-50. It goes well or it goes very poorly. Well, yeah. And trust about another person is always about, I'm going to choose this belief of this human. Mm -hmm. And it's strengthened when consistently over time you see that, yep, it's been good and positive. And it's eroded when, oh no, something bad happened. But it's Mm -hmm. always a choice and it's always a risk. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good advice. That's, that's all. I don't have any other personal um, ideas for actual ways to repair. I think I threw those. Don't in. trust anyone. Be like you're don't in the mafia. Anyone. No, I'm just kidding. Could you imagine we go through this whole beautiful episode? I'm like, so in summary, don't trust anyone. So overall, ever. never trust. Ever, ever. <laughs> what I've learned is that it can be very painful um, and icky. And yeah. no, I'm just, no, thank you. I think those listeners who have listened to <laughs> at least Ryan yeah. talk enough. <laughs> know how much i love trust and how much i believe that trust and not just believe but i've seen how trust can uh-huh. be repaired yeah. and support couples again all the time same yeah, as much <laughs> as i have the italian mafia blood in me uh which is very strong and i love that part of me i trust okay i trust mm-hmm. i repair i do the things and i've seen many couples get through it with these steps that we've shared of like you have to make that agreement and yeah it is a risk it's an inherent risk and only you yes it's a couple choice but really only you can make that decision and you know ideally yourself well enough by then to be like can I move past this or not and there are going to be some things because of your own personal morals and values beliefs or previous life experiences that if it's a deal breaker if the trust is over something that's an absolute deal breaker you would not tolerate it no matter who it was especially a romantic partner I wouldn't advise 
this is blanket, obviously, so please take this with a grain of salt. I wouldn't advise you to break your trust with yourself trying to repair trust with another person who's betrayed you or crossed a line that is absolutely intolerable to you that you determined prior to ever meeting them. Like you should have your list of deal breakers, non-specific to the person you're with. They should be specific to who you are and the life that you want to live and be very mindful in those relationships. And again, it's all a choice. Trust is all a choice. If that person betrays something that is so core to you that you feel like you're going to resent yourself day to day, that you will disrespect yourself if you do that, then my caveat is that I'm not encouraged. You don't have to do this. If you would like to trust again, here is how you can do it. If you don't want to, the choice is yours. That is up to you. Yes. Talia's caution statement on the label always. Yes, always. <laughs> That's what I'm known that. for, you know? Yeah. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And then I think that'll do the episode. I definitely can feel that you trust me more now, Talia. Um, now that I prepared, have no reason not to. So we've done this uh, nice episode that mm-hmm. has allowed us to reconnect. And um, I don't know if, uh, how you feel about it, but I've just decided I mean, that you trust me now. You're trustworthy. I agree. You're a trustworthy person. It's been uh, many years that I've known you. You've been very consistent, very nice, reliable, congruent, always very congruent, very optimistic. You're the you're the light in my storm. So uh, yeah, I trust you. Cool. Good thing I love yeah. storms. <laughs> I'm gonna change my name to Storm. <laughs> oh, Storm. Oh wait, there's a never mind. Never I'm not mind. Go that route. <laughs> um, but hurricane. thank you, listeners. I'm gonna change my name to Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> hurricane um, Tall. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. All right. Hurricane. Yes. Thank Let's you for listening. Thank you, <laughs> listeners, for listening to us. Um, if you have questions that she yes. wants to answer on the podcast, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com. Yes. You can also tune into my semi-weekly Q and A's. And if you have any questions that I feel like 30 seconds can't cover, we will answer it long form on the podcast or it will influence part of an episode like today. So yeah. See you next time. Thanks so much. Take good care.